Blog Talk Radio. Six, 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 six. I'm serious. You are not a nice woman. I mean, who in the fuck just gets their period all of a sudden? Six, 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 six. Pirates? You mean like walking in the plank, buried treasure, hack, flash off of his head, and the Jolly Richard and everything? Six, 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 six. It's kind of unusual. Because all the parts are played by kids around my age. Now, hold on a minute. I can see a few of you out there choking on your popcorn at the thought of 200 kids in ringlets across the screen. Look, I'm not too fond of kids myself. But this ain't no ordinary kid story. <laughs> but that's not always enough. Sometimes you gotta get inside. Dig a little. Let some air in. Move things around. Yeah, well, maybe my balls don't itch. All balls itch, it's a fact. Oh, hey everybody, welcome to the first annual Golan Globus Awards here on Six Degrees of Retro on GRR, the Greg Rysek Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash GRR. I'm your host, Greg the Movie Maniac Rysek, and I am walking the black carpet here in a nondescript alley here in Hollywood. That's right. Wearing my Buckaroo Banzai t-shirt. I'm just sporting this thing. No tux. No tuxes at these awards. Doing a little something different this week. You probably didn't notice the bell. Nope, we're doing awards this week. We're still going six rounds, but we're doing six of the strangest rounds of movies that uh, the Video Vixen and I can come up with. We have a bunch of degenerate gamblers here in the alley. We got some hustlers. We got some pimps, some porn stars. Oh, hey, we got some devil worshippers over there. 666. Oh, lots and lots of uh, dignitaries here. Just just wonderful. Here to cheer on their favorites. Um, I see my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host coming down the black carpet now. Hey, Video Vixen, is that you? I'm here. Oh, so I've always wanted to say this. I've always wanted to say this like the late Joan Rivers. So what the hell are you wearing? Well, Greg, uh, today's ensemble is courtesy of uh, Jim Cornette, the best pro wrestling manager who ever lived. And uh, it's a black tee, of course, uh, and it just simply says, thank you, fuck you, bye. (laughs) The greatest award-winning speech ever written. I love it. Love it. I hope we get a few <laughs> acceptance speeches like that today. You know, um, I don't think we're actually going to have any. We'll, we'll see if anybody dares show up here in the alley here in Hollywood. Um, I mean, this alley just represents everything Hollywood really is. You know, the, the uh, first of all, let me uh, just give the legal disclaimer. Are you ready for this? You know, they always have Price Waterhouse, you know, come out and the guy, you know, handcuffed to the handcuffed to the uh, briefcase on the Oscars. So uh, here's our legal disclaimer. These awards were chosen by my co-host today. And if you don't like what we chose, quite frankly, we don't give a damn. (laughs) Uh, um, These awards are named after Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus, who we worship as the uh, former uh, 
uh, owners of Canon Pictures uh, from the 80s, two guys that tried so hard to make a good movie that most of the time they turn out to be schlock masterpieces. So sometimes you try so hard, you make the best, most golden piece of crap ever. Um, and as regular listeners to Six Degrees of Retro know, uh, that's what we work here. So uh, um, why don't you tell us, uh, by the way, this is uh, Trista Perez, the video vixen. Um, where can they find your uh, stuff online? Well, you can find me all over the place online. Um, you can find me on Facebook. There is a Facebook page for the video vixen. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under uh, Trista Prez. That's P-R-E-Z. And you can also find me on Twitter at Trista Prez. And we're going to be able to find you at a movie theater near us real soon at an appearance, aren't we? That is true. Uh, and the uh, last Tuesday of March, I'll actually be hosting uh, the – or, well, hosting. I'll be introducing the uh, classic black exploitation horror movie Sugar Hill at the Hollywood Theater here in Portland, Oregon. Nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really my five excited. minutes of fame. Oh. <laughs> Everybody gets 15 minutes. Come on. Andy Warhol promised it to us, right? Right. Um, well, maybe they'll let me do two more. Okay, but then it'll be 15. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so why don't you tell us why we're doing this Oscar show and why we came up with this idea? Well... I am very anti-award show, and I think you'll agree with me that a lot of the times we don't agree with whatever the uh, ruling body, whoever decides who gets specific awards. We don't always think that who should win the award, and a lot of times the things that I like don't even get nominated. So I, I quit watching award shows about a decade ago. I mean, it's kind wow. of like, uh, it reminds me of, um, remember when Vanessa Williams won, she, when she won Miss America? Yeah. And then they took her title away, and it was like, uh, I think Suzette Charles, <laughs> they gave the award to her. It feels like that. Like, you know who the real winner is, but you're getting this fake winner, you know, Yeah, it's never based you. on box office. It's never based on box office or popularity. It's usually it, you never see sci-fi movies. You never see genre films up for Oscars. It's always prestige films and uh, you know uh, historical pieces and disease movies and um, whatever um, uh, special needs person um, actor that has, doesn't need special needs decides to portray. Um, when they could get somebody with special needs to actually portray that person. Um, just my opinions. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, somebody I mean, I don't want political. someone else telling me what the best movie of the year was. Right. I want to decide right. what the best movie of the year is. Good. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So that's why we're doing this award show, uh, the Golden Globuses. And uh, uh, let's dive in, actually, with you first. Um before every uh before every award we need to uh play this wonderful theme. Um. 
doesn't that just give you the warm fuzzy? <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Can't beat the Canon Pictures intro music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, kick us off with our first award of the uh, of our show. Sure. Uh, do you want to play a clip first, or should I give the the uh, okay. category? Uh, uh, well, you know, give the category and uh, tell us what we're going to hear. All right. So the first award is for Best Soundtrack in a Jan Michael Vincent movie. <laughs> and we're going to give that to Defiance from 1980. Uh, it's directed by John Flynn, and it stars the amazingly – Awesome, uh, young Jan Michael Vincent and Teresa Saldana's in it. Uh, Danny Aiello's in it. It's one of his earlier uh, screen roles. And it's all about uh, this merchant seaman who ends up having to live in gritty New York City. Um, and he takes on the neighborhood street gang uh, called the Souls. And so what's so wonderful about this horrible soundtrack? Well, actually, the soundtrack, I don't think it's a bad soundtrack. Um, It's pretty well done. Uh, The guy who did it, his name is uh, uh, Gerard McMahon, and he kind of sounds like, oh, who's that singer that does all the, I don't know, is it Ford commercials or... The like a rock dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember uh, Bob, what his name is. Well, Bob, Bob Seger. The song. Yeah. Yeah, he, he sounds yeah. kind of uh-huh. like Bob Seger, and he does all the songs in this movie, including. I mean, he's singing all of them, and there's one that's even in Spanish. It's like it's filled with uh, you know all these songs in different styles, but he's doing all of them, and it's pretty impressive, actually. Ah, so he's like Frank Stallone meets Paul Williams, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, now, see, you had to build it up and describe it beforehand. Now, now I'm now I can't wait to actually hear it. Let's listen to the to find the trailer. <laughs> He was a stranger. He was a loner. I'm just passing through. I mind my own business. This concerns you too. No, it doesn't. He wanted no part of their world. You think this is what I want, this rat trap you live in? Just think about this. They're going to be able to take your whole stupid life and stick it in that duffel bag of yours. He wanted no part of their problem. Used to be a nice place to live in. Right here. This neighborhood. All of a sudden, it's changed. But he became part of their world. And their problems became his. You're finished, big man. You're dead. 
The more he tried to leave, the more he knew he had to stay. Hey, Thor! No, I won't stay. I won't stay. They all lived in fear. All but one. Hey, tough guy. Before your girlfriends can cross the street, I'm gonna bend this six-pack around your head. But don't mess with me, punk. Come on, cut me, man! Come on, clown, cut me! Until he taught them defiance. Jan Michael Vincent. Teresa Saldana. And Academy Award winner, Art Carney. Defiance. From American International. Thank God, Art Carney, getting getting a yeah. little in his life. Oh, man, I'm going to wrap this six-pack around your head. Oh, that, <laughs> that's some sweet dialogue there, the, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that the song that they're playing in the background for the trailer is the best song to the best scene in the entire movie. And I am not ashamed to say that at times I have watched just that part of the movie, just a clip of that part of the movie, like repeatedly. It's nice. Uh, it's amazing. My parents took me to see this film when I was a kid, and it's always had. It's one of the you know big moments in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me right now? I I love everything I'm seeing. I've never seen it, and you've once again you every every episode you. We're here to educate the uh, listeners, but once again, you've educated me, and I need to like check this out. I, I think I just saw they put this on Blu-ray or something. <laughs> it is on um, YouTube. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, there's a couple of uploads of it on YouTube, and um, you can watch it on Prime Video too. Oh, okay. I'll watch it on Prime Video. Yay! Go streaming. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. I love it. I love it. We we um, uh, n- neither the uh, soundtrack uh, artist nor the Jan Michael Vincent are unfortunately not here to get this award. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn, nobody know. Uh, don't worry. This this show will get really popular and people will start to show up. I think that Wino might accept it for him, but no, he's walking away. Okay, um, <laughs> let's move on. To our, uh, my, I'm going to start out with a uh, a fantastic uh, award, best threesome movie. I mean, who doesn't like a good threesome movie, right? I mean, and there's been some 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 classics uh, over the years, but the one that takes the cake for me is 1982's Randall Kleiser directed Summer Lovers. Have you seen this one? I've seen it repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> a, a cinematic staple, if you will, from back in the day. Um, it's the ultimate, and uh, I'm 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 it coming in April. Tristan, I'm going to go and li- hopefully live out this film. I don't know if I'll end up with a threesome, mind you, but I'm going to Greece and to Santorini and to Naxos, and I watched this movie, and I I I had to go. 
and uh, take the the movie is a, it's a it's a huge it's like the ultimate Greek vacation film. I saw this at the Lincoln Village when I was way too young, just like you saw Defiance way too young. Horrible dialogue, tons of nudity. I mean, you know every you watch how, how this movie was filmed, and you know everybody on the crew probably got laid once or twice. It's just <laughs> it looks like one big party being filmed. Um, you, this is one of those movies that was made in the 80s where the producers went, where do we want to go on vacation next? How about Greece? Okay, well, let's write a really horrible plot and we'll get a bunch of hot people that are popular and take them off to the island. So they get um, super, super handsome, handsome uh, Peter Gallagher, which all you ladies, do you love him? Uh, Daryl Hannah, which uh, drove all of us all of us guys crazy back then. And um, then Valerie, Valerie Quinesson, who this was basically her one, one and done film, and she died at a very young age. But she is a, she's, Valerie Quinesson is gorgeous, but can't act her way out of a paper bag. Just awful. And was there acting in this movie? I don't even <laughs> remember the acting. <laughs> it was really hard to find clips from this movie had like any discernible like dialogue because this movie basically um is uh they daryl hannah uh is kathy uh peter gallagher is michael they go off to an island they're little naive youngins and they're going to discover themselves and they're new and lena played by valerie kunesson um uh is Running around and running around the island, half naked, swimming in the water, and Peter Gallagher's off one day and decides to follow her, and then of course he sleeps with her, and uh, then uh, Kathy gets jealous, so they end up having a three-way relationship for weeks on end, and yeah, I there's not a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to do. There's a lot of exotic scenery. There's a lot of uh, sightseeing to do, and. Um, yeah, it's it's just a the, the um speaking of soundtracks, this was back when um this is the first of two films I'm going to talk about today that have Depeche Mode early early really good Depeche Mode on the soundtrack and the song Just Can't Get Enough was introduced in this movie. Uh yeah. and along with a fantastic if you're a Tina Turner fan and you haven't heard her version of Johnny and Mary, it's on this soundtrack which um, I know there's a bunch of hipsters out there that collect 180 gram vinyl and spend $25 for an album now. Um, I spent 4.99 in the bargain bin for my vinyl of Summer Lovers back in the day. I still have the vinyl. Can you believe? That? Oh, nice! <laughs> All the pops and hisses. Um, uh, to just can't get enough. But uh, Michael Cimbello. Does um a ton it does all of these great 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 cheesy songs, uh before flat before he did Flashdance and this is just like the same really horrible lyrics like uh maniac, just bad just just wonderfully wonderfully <laughs> bad. So I mean this movie is just bad all around, but it's 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 the threesome movie you can't stop watching. Uh, so uh, you you want to hear some of the dialogue from the movie? <laughs> Uh, is there a dialogue? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know to, that this movie, uh, it was originally titled, or I don't know if it was originally titled, but it's also the alternate name for this movie is Threesome. 
It is. I did not know that. Probably in foreign <laughs> markets. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, not a shocker. Not a shocker. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 uh, let's hear some dialogue caught on the set of Summer Lovers. <laughs> You know me? Um, well, I know who you are. Uh, I was just fixing some tea. Would you like some? Okay. You have a lot of books on archaeology. I'm an archaeologist. Oh. Have a seat. I'm sorry, this was a mess. No. No, no, no. Stay. I don't know why I came. I think I do. And first, I want you to know something. I'm not trying to steal Michael away from you. I'm not looking for a relationship, but he is with you. Anyway, I don't want to deal anymore with ego problems and jealousy. You've never been jealous? Jealousy doesn't show how much you love someone. It shows how insecure you are. Margaret Mead. <laughs> I think I have that book here somewhere. Anyway, I came to Riyadh to get away from everything. And I won't be seeing Michael again. I'm not asking that. I came here to simplify my life. Why? I mean, it's a long story. I'd like to hear it. I think I need a cigarette. You always had short hair? I cut mine after I broke tomorrow. I always cut my hair when I need to change. Maybe I'll cut mine. Do you need to change? I still look like I did when I was 12. I thought I wanted to look like a little girl forever. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, bravo. Bravo. Jesus. <laughs> what an, just a totally inane conversation. Like, I know. Who cares? They're just like two super hot women. Yeah. No one gives a shit what they're saying. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, I have a feeling and, this was done very much like Curb Your Enthusiasm is done now. Okay, we're going to do a scene about the fact that you're an archaeologist and uh, you're not trying to take his boyfriend and go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the awkward pauses are what kill me. Just like, wow. Like you could drive a truck through those po- with those pauses. It's fantastic. Wow. Oh. Well, we. I mean, but we cannot stress enough how fantastic this movie is just to look at. And oh, there's gorgeous. amazing sex scenes. So just go with that. And the music is pretty enjoyable. If you want to, in, in anticipation of my trip. I uh, went on Amazon, and for a limited time, they only did a pressing of 5,000 copies. You can get Summer Lovers on Blu-ray. It cost me 37 bucks, but it's the best 37 bucks I've spent all year. <laughs> even though there's the food, though there, it's wonderful because it has the old film grain to it, but, I mean, the colors are there, and it's just amazing, and the soundtrack is just booming. They did a really good transfer on the blu-ray of, of the movie i couldn't believe somebody actually put got licensed it from mgm and put it out and it, it's fabulous so i can't uh i can't buying that enough for 
anybody that went to see a bunch of Greek people naked running around on an island partying is the best. Um, well, uh, Greg, I hope you will be sharing photos from your trip <laughs> or video uh, or whatever. <laughs> just go to uh, facebook.com slash They'll The pictures are all be up there. Okay, we um that, that that closes one award. Okay, don't worry, I won't play it after every round one. I just like hearing it. Anyway, um <laughs> let's move on to your second award. Trista, give us your second Golden Globus Award. All right. So my second award is for Best Worst Costumes on a Cory. And that would be for the movie The Lost Boys from 1987, um, directed by Joel Schumacher. And uh, this actually connects to uh, Defiance through Gerard McMahon, uh, the composer, because he is the performer on Cry Little Sister. Get out of town. Oh, no, it's true. I love that. So uh, I really don't think I need to go heavily into the plot of The Lost Boys because yeah. it's it's pr- a pretty iconic film. Uh, it's well-loved by many. I think right now I, I actually follow uh, Gerard McMahon, also known as G. Tom Mack. I hate that name. But anyway, that's his. he's also known by that. And I follow him on, on uh, Twitter, and I guess at the moment, it looks like there's a Lost Boys musical that uh, wow. he's involved in. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much since it appeared uh, on screen, it's been a big part of, I would say, every generation that's followed. It's been a part of their movie-watching experience. I, I think yeah, most people have seen this. Yeah, I mean, you have Corey Feldman and, and, and the late Corey Haim. You have just an insane cast, Jamie Gertz, uh, um, just uh, Kiefer Sutherland. The list goes on and on and on. Of This movie started so many careers, and it's just such a, as you, as you I'll repeat, I, iconic film that everybody loves around Halloween or any time of the year, but it's it's like up there with The Crow. It's just a good, dark movie that has darkness to it but has some humor to it and uh so yeah let's let's play your uh clip um very very brief clip of the frog brothers is that a film guy just scope in your civilian wardrobe pretty cool huh for a fashion victim <laughs> just about says it all <laughs> it does i mean Corey haynes like outfits in this movie are um it's like I don't know, Howard Jones and Thomas Dolby like had a baby and yeah. he would be their child. And I even online I think there are quite a few debates out there about whether his character is supposed to be gay or not. Because he's really? just so fabulous in his outfits. <laughs> Uh, he's got some pretty good makeup going on there too so who knows Um, and it's all his own clothing yeah he's got the he's got the duran duran eyeliner going hardcore in this movie for sure so uh he might have been going for that maybe he was going for the 
Duran Duran look. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's just uh, it's it's a wonder to behold. I would love to see like a you know a, I think his character's name is Sam. You know a, a Sam based you know a fashion show like uh, you know why don't one of these designers come out with a Sam line? That would be pretty awesome. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Retro, retro is always very hip. Yes, the '80s, especially everything's. All the music sounds '80s again. Why not? In the fashion, at least over in Europe, especially, has gone way back to the '80s. So, yeah, I could. I think you need to pitch that. Maybe you should pitch it to Martha Stewart. Maybe she'll put it out. You know? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Martha and Snoop. Snoop could could there model you, it. There you go. You're all set. You're all set. All right. Thank you for that. Um, my next award, uh, both of our next awards, uh, sync. We'll say they sync. That's a good word. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> my next award, and I love that you um, piggybacked on it, was is um, I'm linking Randall Kleiser here, and uh, it's best period piece. Everybody thinks I'm talking about history. Oh, no. I'm talking about the audacity somebody had to actually make this film and best period piece. And I do mean the Menses ladies is a fantastic scene in 1980s, the blue lagoon um, of course, starring Brooke Shields and Christopher Atkins. They um, an- another, I'm, I'm going back to back nudity here. Um, Randall Kleiser is like the, even though he did grease and he did Flight the navigator and some pretty big films, uh, this was a period of time where he did a lot of nudity. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Takes, no, no. We love our nudity here at Six Degrees. Uh, so the movie takes place in paradise. Um, uh, there's a uh, – in fact, there was a movie, a ripoff called Paradise. The, the, the whole um, – they, they did this whole um, two kids stranded on an island at too young of an age – I, um, there's like a, a boat wreck and they both end up there and, uh, there's one other older guy that survives and after he dies, uh oh, they're left on, left to their own devices to discover the island, the world and themselves. That's probably, that was probably on the trailer somewhere, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a ripoff done with, uh, the original Blue Lagoon has Christopher Atkins and Brooke Shields, the movie Paradise, which came about three to four months later, was uh, it had Phoebe Cates and uh, Peter Frampton in it, which was just amazing, amazingly horrible as well. But you didn't, I don't remember there being a scene quite quite like this in the movie uh, The Blue Lagoon. Uh, I'll just play the scene and I think it's pretty explanatory. Like that, unless they've cut themselves. 
Maybe you're hurt real bad and you just don't know it. Let me look. No, I don't want you to look. But why? Just because. That is not fair. I don't keep any secrets from you. I tell you everything. Everything. You, you know why he, uh, she won't let him look. Because the, de- the devil's inside of her. Isn't that, wh- isn't that why? Isn't that why women believe? Uh, I'm kidding. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yes. We are all evil inside. <laughs> I am kidding, ladies. Um, no. I, I just, the, 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 I remember seeing that. Um, I, my parents, of course, took me to see that when I was 10. And they didn't know that scene was going to be in there. And, of course, my sister and I both are asking, why was she bleeding? Why was she bleeding while we're sitting at the Ponderosa restaurant afterward? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Made for a fantastic avoidance conversation. My mom's like, you'll find out one day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the time to worry is when you're not bleeding. It's a, it's oh, a there. good thing when you're bleeding. <laughs> there you go. That's always been at least my philosophy. Mad is what you're shooting for. Mad is what you're shooting mm. for. Um, well, so uh, on the subject of periods, um, we might as well just uh, sync right up with your uh, – I said it again. I had to. Uh, uh, <laughs> award. Go for it. Yeah, so uh, this is connecting through Jason Patrick, who uh, was in the movie that's winning for – Best Period Freakout, and the movie is Your Friends and Neighbors from 1998. I love this movie. It's so messed up. (laughs) It is one of the most darkest movies about relationships ever made. And the thing that keeps it from being depressing is that it is fucking hysterical. I mean, it's it's really funny, but you have to be, a, well, twisted like me, uh, and obviously like you, because you love this movie, too. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing this at the theater and coming out of it going, like, this movie had some of the choicest dialogue. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, this is Neil Butte, right? It this. is. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which says a lot. <laughs> the man, the man writes weird books, weird plays, and it's like a master of like dark comedic dialogue, and uh, that's why I saw it because I'd seen a few of his previous films, but this one kind of takes the cake for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, here we go with the clip for best period freakout. Oh, this is this is so good. You like it? Write my own fucking person! I'm serious. You are not a nice woman! I mean, who in the fuck just gets their period all of a sudden? It just doesn't happen, and it's happened all over my belly! But no, you knew that. And you twisted their blandness. I hope to God you have one of those red biohazard bags in your purse because you just bought yourself a set of linens! 380 thread count! Bullshit! What's the matter? You feeling sick? Huh? Crampy? How about this? 
Try shoving two aspirins up your crack. And never, ever fucking call me in the morning. Got it? That's my own remedy. Now I'm going down to grab a beer. And I guess some fucking 409. Be gone when I get back. Okay? <laughs> wow. 380 count. That's, uh, it's pretty major. He has every reason to be mad. Oh, man, I don't sleep on anything below 500. He's a pussy. Anyway. <laughs> I heard 380. I'm like, say, 380? Come on, man. 380. <laughs> we have to say this, whole, this scene is just him raging outside the bathroom door while the poor woman is just in there mortified at what's happened uh, and probably very frightened of his reaction. Uh, it's He is the scariest person, one of the scariest people in a movie ever in this movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's, he, he, and, and Jason Patrick just, like, gives it his, his all through the entire film. This isn't the only scene. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. This guy is, like, total misogynistic prick, just... I have a feeling this is like young Trump, you know, walking around. You know, in <laughs> he's the world, such a probably. he's a psychopath. You know, Trump has pounded on a few doors and bitched about periods before in his life. You just know it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you well, need to teach him about statement. grabbing people by the, you know what? Yep. <laughs> you need to make political statements on award shows. That's our political statement. <laughs> Yeah, if you if if you're if, it, it's kind of an obscure movie though. Your friends and neighbors wasn't big at the time. Um, none of Neil Butte's movies really are. They're very art housey movies. If you haven't seen it, you, I am sure it is on Amazon somewhere. You can watch it for three to five bucks. And um, between uh, Neil Butte's movies and Todd Solondz's movies, I don't know whose is darker. Um, this one kind of ranks up there with the movie Happiness by uh, Todd Sons, which I'm sure you're super familiar with, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I would say do not watch this movie and Happiness back-to-back because, yeah. it, it, yeah, it won't be a good your, day for you. No, your brain might break. <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you, you better put yourself on suicide watch. Like, it's, it'll, you'll be thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly depressed. All right. Um uh, why don't you go next with uh, your next one? Since uh, okay. we're getting we're getting into uh, kind of a, a, a both movies are kind of in this great I, I I call them '80s cheese. There's there's no other way of putting it. Let's get your cheesy entry first. All right. So the next award goes to best performance by a hot woman in a bear costume. And uh, it's for the movie The Hotel New Hampshire from 1984. Um, and this movie connects to your friends and neighbors via uh, Nastasha Kinski, who is the hot woman in the bear costume. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How familiar are you with uh, Hotel New Hampshire, Greg? Oh, I've watched this film way too many times. This was on the um, mandatory watching on cable list when the, um, 
when you're 15, 16, and you're searching for something that might have nudity, it might not, and also as a romp. Um, I like to, they had, there was this movie and there were a bunch of other movies like Class and um, just movies about, you know, upscale people and uh, doing silly farcical things and there's going to be some sex involved and uh, yeah, I'd seen this film multiple, multiple times as a young perverted boy growing up. Well, my uh, love for this movie uh, is based in literature too because John Irving is my favorite writer of all time and so I was super excited to finally see this. I didn't see it when it came out. I actually um, came to this movie a bit later. I think I saw it first in the early 90s and I have to say, I mean, it it's pretty true to the book and uh, it's it's a quirky film, you know. It's it's not for everybody. I'm going to say that because one of the uh, big um, themes in the movie is uh, love between a brother and sister. And uh, you might get turned off by that, but it's it's totally worth watching. I'm glad you brought some class to the awards. and <laughs> <laughs> took the literary side yes it is mr irving and he did the world according to garp correct also right and yeah, cider so house I, rules yeah he the man, the man has a pedigree like, like uh, a fantastic pedigree and some of his films hit the mark and some of them don't i think this is one of them that does it's the right tone of the book just like garp was the right tone of the book cider house rules i remember seeing that the first time and not it was kind of off, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, run off the cast in this movie. It's just phenomenal who's in this thing. Um, we've got Rob Lowe, Jodie Foster, Bo Bridges, and the aforementioned uh, Nastasha Kinski, because I can't say her name enough. I was in love with this woman for years. I'd watch anything she was in. Uh, I still will. Uh, She's just gorgeous. I think she's one of the most beautiful women who's ever walked the planet. Yeah, I, I think you've watched Cat People a few times maybe, huh? <laughs> just a few. Just a few? Just a few? Yeah. Just a few. Cow. Wow. <laughs> if right, by few let's... you mean like a hundred more times, hundred times or more, it would be just a few. Yes, just a few. All right, let's uh, let's play the trailer for uh, Hotel New Hampshire. Orion Pictures invites you to spend the time of your life at the Hotel New Hampshire, where everything happens that could happen between a man and a woman, a boy and a girl, and a bear. Brady and John are out here fooling around with each other again. They're perverts. We are the big friends. Everyone has fun at the Hotel New Hampshire. Some say the first time you go there is the best. It's important the first time. Why? Because it's the first time. It's the one that sticks with you forever. Others prefer the second time. Do it again. I bet you can't. I bet it was beginner's luck. Just do it. Do everything to me. That's a bear! That's a bear that wants you. Rob Lowe is John. Jodie Foster is Franny. And Nastasia Kinski is the bear. 
in the Hotel New Hampshire. The Hotel New Hampshire. Where the entertainment never stops. All right. Yes. A romp. A romp if yes. there ever was one. <laughs> you can't beat a good romp. So let's 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 romp into uh, my uh, next award. Oh God, we gotta play at least one more time. And during the award shows, they play the music. We we gotta. <laughs> See, Hotel New Hampshire it. was somewhat decent of a film. Um, this this film is a steaming pile, but it's a beautiful steaming pile. Uh, I'm linking Christopher Atkins, and my award is Best Shitty Musical You Can't Stop Watching. And no, a lot of you out there are going to think it's Xanadu, which is also a, a work of crappy art. But no, I am, of course, speaking of the 1982 cult classic, the pirate movie, just an amazing, amazing uh, film. It's, it's. Um, it, I mean, it's hard to make a good musical, period. But sometimes, sometimes filmmakers just run it right into a brick wall, and this movie has like bruises all over the place. <laughs> um, it's directed by Ken Anakin, who gave us Family Robinson. He gave us one of the Pippi Longstocking movies. He gave us Call of the Wild. So, I mean, he's a reputable filmmaker, and he's made, but I think he was just used to doing this really like hardcore family fair. And they said, hey, we need this musical that is a, it's a 80s version of, of Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance. I'm sure that's how it was pitched. And they're like, okay, that sounds good. But then what we're going to do is we're going to have an animated sequence underwater with fish by a very early Don Bluth who went on, and went on to do All Dogs Go to Heaven and the Land Before Time movies and created his own animated empire. But this was one of his first pieces of animation he had done in a major film. And then you have um, these horribly cheesy 80s love songs and just crappy, catchy songs, and it's just cheesy horrible. I remember seeing this when I was 12 and loving it and owned the soundtrack on vinyl, but I was 12. When you were 12, you loved that. I felt sorry. I remember my, my father, who loved musicals, walked out and was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I want to go run over to Sears and get the soundtrack. And my head's like, what? <laughs> He's like, there were like two songs from the original musical. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, the other stuff is... It's Christy McNichol and uh, and uh, Christopher Atkins falling in love, the crappy 80s pop numbers. It's just fantastic. Um, yet another, you know, uh, it gets on an island, but it, it, it follows the basic plot of it's it's they um, are on a they're filming a pirate adventure on a on a uh, studio lot and then she gets knocked out and basically this is all her psychedelic dream of what her dream would be of uh, being in an actual pirate adventure. <laughs> awesome plot, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I saw this many, many times on HBO and I, I knew it wasn't that good, but I could not 
help watching it. I was just, there's something catchy about this movie that just draws you in, and you can't, you cannot resist the pirate movie. Yeah, I mean, well, Kristen McNichol was insanely smoking hot in this movie, and uh, turned out to be, um, it turns out she was a lesbian the whole time, so it's always very interesting going back and watching this film. <laughs> people, people that go, there was a great chemistry between Kristen McNichol and Christopher Atkins. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she was a good actress. She was a very, very good actress, and I, I, I questioned Christopher Atkins' uh, preferences in, uh, in <laughs> um, but uh, just yeah, let, let's we, we got to play the trailer. It's just a uh, amazing, amazing film. Only one movie will have this sound. The Pirate King. And only one movie will have Christy McNichol and Christopher Atkins singing. Laughing, leaping, and swinging their way through time in the biggest, most original movie in a hundred years, The Pirate Movie. Pirates? You mean like walking in the flying buried treasure hack, flash off with his head and the Jolly Richard and everything? Rid me of these villains and Mabel's hand is yours. Movie. It's more than a musical. Man, I'm older than the Beatles, but I'm younger than the Rolling Stones. It's more than an adventure. And it's definitely more than a pirate movie. I want a happy ending. Pirate movie. It's more movie than ever before. Uh, the most original, biggest film in a hundred years. Now, that's a that's a bold. I want a happy ending. <laughs> Do you, Trista? You want a happy ending? All right. Every time. Yes. That's what I say when I go to the Thai massage. But seriously, folks. <laughs> hey, I think we have a Thai masseuse in the audience. Hey, how's it going? Right here in the alley. That's good. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> right afterwards. Right afterwards. Um, anyway, yeah, just wonderful, wonderful. Uh, we need to segue this right into your next film because it's just so, so, so fitting. Let's uh, give your next award. So the next award is for Best Musical with Children Pretending to be Adults. 
and uh, that is for Bugsy Malone from 1976. And uh, is there any it's connected. Is there any other musical where that happens in? <laughs> you know, not I sure. So. I don't think there is. <laughs> it's not only the best; it's the only. I think. Go on. The best and only one. Uh, and this movie is connected uh, to Hotel New Hampshire uh, from through Jodie Foster. Um, this movie, I love it. I feel like every kid should see it. Um, uh, all of my kids have seen it. I have it on VHS, and I, of course, made them watch it. Uh, this was regularly shown um, at the schools that I went to in Texas. Like, we used to, at the end of the year they'd do this thing called, you know, field day where we'd compete against other classes in all these different sports, and then we'd, they'd show a movie to, you know, calm everybody down. And Bugsy Malone was the movie, I, I think I saw it three years in a row at the end of the school year. So it um, has a, you know, a warm spot in my, in my heart. Uh, and I also, I have the soundtrack uh, it's an amazing soundtrack uh, by Paul Williams. Uh, I can't get enough of it. So what's the general plot of the film? So this is a – it's a gangster story. Um, there are two crime bosses who are uh, going against each other, and the war is fought with the uh, – the splurge gun, and the splurge gun is basically a gun that shoots cream, whipped cream, I believe, is what it looks like. Uh, and that's how the kids die in the film, so it makes it palatable. <laughs> they get oh, hit so with the splurge funny. gun. It's just so funny. So my story about this movie is I was in the Cub Scouts at St. Edward's back when I had religion in my life and my folks were trying to turn me into an upstanding citizen. Fail. Um, anyway, they um, we did a skit. Uh, you had to do skits. And the skit that we did was from uh, uh, that uh, I actually came up with and my father was uh, from the B.G. Sgt. Pepper movie, the remake. And we did Max, uh, Bang Bang Maxwell, Silver Hammer. Uh, but then after that comes on these kids who did Bugsy Malone and did like multiple scenes and somehow got got like one of their fathers must have been like going to like MIT or something. But he came actually like came up with a splurge gun that just like shot oh, wow. out of it. And it shot, and it was, and it shot people in the audience. Some of them were happy. Some of them were really pissed off. My father and I were just fascinated. We were, we 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 loved it, but we were pissed because we're like, we're not going to win the skit contest because <laughs> they they actually created a damn splurge gun and did uh, the uh, main song in it. You know, we want to be everything we want it to be. Um, yes. But yeah, so I got beat out. By uh, Bugsy Malone. <laughs> well, you see, that's where you messed up because I think if you'd had a bunch of kids with silver hammers that would have gone around hitting people in the head in the audience, you might have won. 
Ah, yeah. We only had hitting. I only hit people on the stage. I messed up. I I wanted to be Steve Martin. That's all I wanted. To be. <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted to be was Steve Martin. I still want to be Steve Martin. Anyway, um, yeah, Bugsy Malone was directed by Alan Parker, right? Yes. Yeah, it, it, that amazes me that was, this is one of his earlier films. You know, the man that went on and did the commitments and. You know, the, the, the uh, next film you're going to present to us is just amazing, amazing, you know. Well, prolific. that's the thing, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, <clears throat> you can see the seeds of uh, what's to come with, you know, the movies that he directs. I mean, this movie is, it looks beautiful. I mean, it looks very true to the period that uh, it's depicting, you know, the 1920s. The costumes are great. I mean, it's. It looks very uh, serious, you know, but then uh, it's all kids. And that's the thing that tweaks it is that you have all of these kids speaking these lines, and especially Jodie Foster is just her character, Tallulah, is she's a grown woman and like a, I don't know how old Jodie Foster was at the time, but she's in a little kid's body and it's kind of freakish, you know, it's very weird. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> and she's always yeah. coming on to Scott Bayo throughout the entire movie. You know, she's hitting on him pretty hard and it's just kind of uncomfortable because it seems very real. And his reaction, I think would be any, uh, his reaction is what a typical boy's reaction, I think, would be, which is like, uh, you know, he's embarrassed and kind of maybe frightened by her. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, that's Al Parker's filmmaking. Every one of his films, I defy you to find any of his films that doesn't push the envelope. That's that's what he does. And you're kind of saying that's what he was doing back then was. Yeah, and it's kind of DL way that he could get away with it. But it's, yeah. you know, it's a children's movie on the surface, but underneath there's like some, you know, not so uh, acceptable things going on. Yeah, um, and everybody, if you haven't seen this movie, please go find it and see it, even though Scott Bayo is in it. We, we, know, we know the man's an idiot, but <laughs> still go see it. Um, anyway, uh, let's play the, uh, long, but, uh, and I love this trailer. I love, I love the trailer that you picked and Jodie Foster's build up to it. It's, it's hysterical. Let's listen to it. Hello. I'd like to tell you about a new movie. It's a gangster musical called Bugsy Malone and it's kind of unusual because all the parts are played by kids around my age. Now hold on a minute. I can see a few of you out there choking on your popcorn at the thought of 200 kids in ringlets across the screen. Look, I'm not too fond of kids myself. But this ain't no ordinary kid story. Believe me, there ain't never been a movie like it. Take a look. Your name Robinson? You work for Fat Sam? So long, lover boy. New York, 1929. Prohibition. Gang warfare. A world of gangsters. Showgirls and Dreamers. Bugsy Malone. Quite possibly the most unique motion picture for years. Everybody loves that man. Bugsy Malone. And if that isn't enough, 
Bugsy Malone is also the year's major musical. family 
not much controversy happening, and Lisa Bonet uh, starred in Angel Heart, and Bill Cosby was not happy. Um, it's a movie about a private investigator played by uh, Mickey Rourke, who is supposed to be uh, tracking down this singer um, named Johnny Favorite, and uh, things are not quite what he thinks they are. It's a pretty dark movie. It's got voodoo and sex, and it's set in New Orleans, and uh, it's uh, it's actually a very beautiful movie, but it's pretty twisted. What I, what I love about this, and it'll link into my next movie, is um, you, you got Mickey Rourke in there, and it, it, this was kind of when Mickey Rourke's career started going wonky. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little little weird. You could tell you could tell he started the heavy drug use. You could tell he started the cocaine and the booze, and he was um, immersing himself in his characters a lot. And you could tell that both De Niro and him immersed themselves into their characters hardcore in this. Um, you know, especially Robert De Niro and his. Possibly the de- probably the devil role in the movie. Oh, Louis so, Cipher. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Is he the devil or isn't he? Is it pretty common name? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Angel Heart. I remember. Yeah, this came out and everybody because it played at the theater in an R-rated version and everybody wanted to see the uh, Lisa Bonet chicken blood crazy ass sex scenes <laughs> in uh, this movie when it came out on uncut on uh, VHS everybody was like chomping at the bit and uh yeah, I remember watching this with uh my uh girlfriend's biker family and they just like ate it up with a spoon they were like oh my god this is a great film um especially all of the really twisted uh demonic voodoo demonic and voodoo stuff that happens in the movie. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's check out uh, another Alan Parker masterpiece. The Exorcist, the possession of the human soul. Chinatown, the mystery of the human mind. Now. You know what today today is? Today is Wednesday. It's anything can happen day. My interest in Johnny is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead. You want me to check it out? Check it out. Who are you? I'm just a guy who was paid to snoop around. I'm gonna ask you again. Where is he? I don't know. Angel has been hired to solve more than a mystery. He's dead, Mr. Angel. And if he isn't, he is to me. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. To find more than a killer. We don't go around murdering people, all right, Mr. Angel? Powerful. You expect me to swallow that? And it may cost him more than his life. 
Some religions think that the egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? All I know is Johnny's running around bumping off everyone he used to know. And more and more, it's me who's on the line for it. Johnny's favorite was as close to true evil as she ever wanted to come. There's death everywhere these days. You killed him. Trying to pin it on me. The flesh is weak. Only the soul is immortal. Did you kill him? You gotta burn for this angel. You gotta burn for this angel. In hell, hell, hell. Every angel has been hired to search for the truth. Pray he doesn't find it. Angel Heart. Okay, I guess spoiler alert. He's he's the devil. <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert, everybody. Spoiler alert. <laughs> It's such a good movie, though. I it is one of my favorites. Uh, this one, I totally give a ten. Um, well, it's Alan Parker at his best. Oh yeah, this is definitely my favorite film of his by far. Just twisted, dark. You never know really which direction it's gonna go. Just when you think you have it figured out, you don't. And that, I mean, that's that's why I really like it. And then on top, it got a lot of blood and sex. So exactly. <laughs> like wow. <laughs> it can't be beat. I mean it, and it it holds up under repeated viewings even after you know everything. If you watch it again, you get more hints and places where you're like, "Ah, that happened." Yeah, and oh, yeah, that's telling me things. Uh it's just it's a fun puzzle. Yeah, the movie I always um connect with this one and it would make a great double feature with it is Seven. It just has that same disturbing, dark edge to it, and you you can watch Seven 50 times and get something different out of it every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, we front-loaded you with your awards because it just vibed good, but um, now I need to end strong here. My... Um, my next award is linking uh, Christy McNichol to a um, its best Zalman King movie. And, I mean, that's kind of redundant because all of Zalman King's films are his best film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they not? I mean, which it's apples and oranges, but just they all have their wonderfulness to them. I mean, this is, this is the man who made Red Shoe Diaries. This is the man who gave us Wild Orchid. This is the man who wrote Nine and a Half Weeks. I mean, the man has done all kinds of other late-night specials. And I I wanted to put this one near the end because um, this is, you know how they give the Lifetime Achievement Award? Yeah. This this is, I think, for both of us. I think you would agree. Six Degrees of Retro deserves to give Zalman King... Uh, the late Zalman King, who died fittingly at the age of 69. I mean, how much better <laughs> does it get? Um, he did that I, on purpose. I, <laughs> yeah. So I have a, 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 a Zalman King story. I actually unexpectedly met him. I was, uh, I was after I worked at Variety, and I was working an event, 
and uh, it was a um, they had these go-go dancers there um, at the event that I was covering. And all of a sudden, um, I turned from being independent journalist into a uh, filmmaker because I noticed who was filming the go-go dancers with a bunch of video cameras, and it was none other than Salman King. I, like, freaked out, of course, and I'm trying not to geek out. And he was filming the movie 40 Deuce for Showtime. There was these um, – do you remember the 40 Deuce Clubs? They were these, like, burlesque clubs that were all around the country at all? No. So there were – this um, uh, Ivan Kane guy, this real douchey guy, sets up these uh, burlesque clubs in four or five cities around the country. And uh, he went to Zalman King. He show, Showtime got Zalman King because they had done Red Shoe Diaries with him to do a documentary about the clubs. Well – Zalman's at this event filming the dancers who are promoting the club. And so I waited for a break and I was just like, I introduced myself as a journalist, da 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 da. And long story short, he's like, oh, sit in, sit in, you know, you know, I, I want you to watch my filming of my movie. And, you know, I, I basically was like bragging about a lot of his older movies and how much I loved them. So he knew I was a, a disciple. <laughs> 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 but here's where the fun part came. So one of his uh, videographers got sick and had to go home. And he looked at me and he said, you say, you say you went to film school, huh? He goes, you know how to operate camera, right? I go, of course I know how to operate a video camera. He's like, pick one up. He goes, I need a fourth camera on this shot. So oh. for the next 45 minutes, I shot a Zalman King movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I watched it on Showtime. I'm like, I shot that. I shot that. I shot that. <laughs> <laughs> and I we, I went out with the crew and him afterward. It was a really low, low budget thing. He was at the end of his career, and he uh, he actually was sick at the time, and uh, which why I wasn't surprised. Like four or five years later, he, he passed away. But when he, he did, I was very bittersweet. I was I got to shoot a movie with the guy that made this wonderful next film, whole big build-up. You know, at the award shows, they give the big build-up. <laughs> that, yeah. that was his career there, in, in a nutshell, for me. Um, Two Moon Junction is is the end-all, be-all of Zalman King movies. Uh, a lot of people go Wild Orchid. A lot of people go Nine and a Half Weeks. I think Two Moon Junction is smoking, smoking hot. It has the most saxophone music in it as the booming soundtrack it um i mean for goodness sake uh just an incredible uh cast in this movie uh you have uh richard tyson in there as the rugged drifter who sweeps you know into town and is probably the best most chiseled carny you ladies will ever see in your life <laughs> and uh, i've looked oh, every time i've been at a carnival and i've never <laughs> run into a guy that looks like him really Every time. It's always usually a, a guy with no teeth and a um, Black Sabbath hat, right? Exactly. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but no, Richard Tyson suddenly shows up and uh, Sherilyn Finn, the gorgeous Sher Sherilyn Finn, is a blonde in this film. And she's a debutante, you know, being set up with the, you know, has the wonderful relationship with the best guy, but... You know, she's just not happy, and she just ends up having this lustful affair and being uh, 
swept away by uh, this um, chiseled carny. And amazing scenery. It takes part down south. I believe it was filmed in Georgia. Just gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. Um, uh, you have Kristen McNichol in there as the friend. Uh, you have Louise Fletcher as the like uh, friend slash mentor lady. And you have the most random appearance by Burl Ives, the man that sings on the Rankin Bass, you know, Christmas specials showing up in the movie out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, the cast is pretty crazy for this movie, but it, I mean, it, it works because it's Zom yeah. King. It just does. Yeah, I mean, this was his, it, it, all of his films are far-fetched, but it's always, you know, some forbidden love in some locale and some woman that feels like she's trapped in her existence and finds a guy that, you know, takes control. And, you know, <laughs> Zalman King movies wouldn't get made in this day and age. They just, it would, well, actually, who knows, in the Trump era, they might again, but uh, there was a period of time, uh, I don't think in the, Hashtag Me Too world, we'd get any Zalman King movies because there was a lot of uh, uh, stuff done without permission, <laughs> wouldn't you say? I I I would agree with that. I think in this day and age, he would go direct to video. Like there be, it wouldn't be in the movie theater. It it would have to be, you know, straight on DVD or Blu-ray. Like it's not for. Uh, uh, it's not going to be promoted by any studio. Yeah, well, I was the only twisted individual I knew that took dates to go see Zalman King movies. So Whoa. <laughs> I, I had balls of steel. I thought, well, you know, just how, like, women take guys to go, they want to take them to go see uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Um, when I uh, was asked to go see the first one, I said, oh, you mean the ripoff of Nine and a Half Weeks? No, I'm good. I've seen the better version. <laughs> I've seen the much better version that did not begin as uh, Twilight fanfic by some cat lady in a trailer that wrote it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Like, I saw the master's work. This, I, I, I um, got taken to see the third, the, this last movie in the series, and I went for pure, purely as a sociological experiment, and I laughed my ass off through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have uh, you seen any of those horrible films? No, never. It's not. Oh, no, that'll bad. it'll never happen in this lifetime. Hilariously bad, just hilariously bad. They make Zalman King's movies look like Academy Award-winning films. Just, oh uh, well. But no, we are we honor you, Zalman, up there in the ether. We honor you with uh, my lifetime achievement Golden Globus Award, and I know. The video vixen agrees with me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and let's uh, not forget. Uh, isn't uh, well, it kind of ties in with your theme, the the movies that we've discussed earlier, like Paradise and the Blue Lagoon and all of that. Because isn't the guy who plays uh, Sherilyn Finn's boyfriend, the perfect boyfriend, isn't that the dude from Endless Love in this sure movie? Is. <laughs> there is. Yep, that's how we link them here on Six Degrees of Retro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. 
it seems like some of these poor actors get stuck in their niche and they just can't get out of them. But some of them yeah. are smart and they just ride them. And they, um, I, I'm going to have to invite you down. You're going to have to come down here, uh, Trista, for a, uh, one of these, they call them the Hollywood show. And it's just all actors like that, like C-list, D-list, E, you know, Z-list actors sitting at tables signing autographs for 40 bucks a pop. And oh, my God. $40 pictures. And it's the most amazing afternoon you'll ever have in your life. Um, Sign me up. I, I'm yeah. totally down for that. <laughs> there are people that you didn't even know. It, it, some of them are people where you, they play the game, you know, uh, dead or just haven't been in a movie. And you're like, oh, my God, they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> You can get their autograph for forty dollars. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> anyway, let's play this awesome trailer for Two Moon Junction. I always dreamed of having a storybook wedding, and now I am. Shoes and a hat. To the merging of two great Southern families. Good luck to you, Chad. Never sure about you. I never know what you want. April. I've known a May and a June, but never an April. I didn't just show up here by mistake. You invited me. It's all right there in your eyes. Second thoughts are a luxury I've never afforded myself. The lady's got a secret, don't you? He got me so hot the first time. I thought I was gonna go through the ceiling. What the hell am I doing here? You excited me. Now you repulse me. But every single time he opens his mouth, I'm just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but they needed something for the ladies, and we had Sherilyn Finn. So I'm like, okay, Zalman, I completely understand. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody was paying too much attention to what he was saying because he looked, Richard Tyson looked amazing in this movie. Uh, I mean, I think that's a, a, the reason we named these awards aptly after uh, Golan Globus of canon is their films were never known for their dialogue. They were always known for just how messed up their content was. and Or if it was a sex film, just like you just said, nobody is listening to the dialogue. Like you said about summer lovers, there's dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know. <laughs> now, a film that has great dialogue, I'm going to go into next. I'm going to link Sherilyn Finn. And my next award... You know why I'm playing that so I can uh, sneak a sip of beer when I play it, right? Okay. Um, my award I'm giving to Best Woman Impersonating a Man film. Now, I know drag queens are the rage now, and but 80s filmmakers did something that was really taboo. They loved taking an actress like Linda Lavin from TV's Alice, the show about the diner, Mel's Diner, and yeah. they did a TV movie with her pretending to be a guy and try and work her way up the corporate you know, ladder because women, there's a lot of sexism and women were being treated like crap and not treated as equals, uh, still aren't. <laughs> in a lot of ways, which really is horrible that we still have to say in 2018. But just one of the guys in 1985 was really trying to make a statement. Uh, Lisa Gottlieb directed this film, and she uh, took the sexy girl next door, played by Joyce Heiser, who is cute as a button, and she plays Terry. And uh, she's popular. She has the, guy, the hot boyfriend, uh, but nobody respects her for her intelligence. So when she turns in a article hoping to get a summer internship and the chauvinistic editor chose to, chooses a guy over her, she thinks it's um, uh, playing favorites to the men and she proceeds to write an article where she dresses up as a as a guy and walks around the high school and uh, lives life as a uh, guy uh, at her high school. And it's, it's a fun, fun damn movie and has some super duper classic lines. This thing, yet another cable classic from the eighties and well into the nineties, just, just a legendary, um, legendary, uh, uh, turns into a romantic comedy. You have Clayton Rohner as her best friend, Rick, um, Sherilyn Finn is the uh, girl that's falling for him slash her, and uh, but the, the the comic relief that steals the whole movie is her brother Buddy, played by the great, the great, the great Billy Jane, who just steals the whole film with. I'll play. I'm gonna play a scene of his fantastic dialogue where he uh, teaches her uh, how to be a uh, a guy. <laughs> I know you're very familiar with this film. Yes. Um, I, it, you know, out of all the 80s kind of teen sex comedies, um, 
maybe it's in my top 20, like in the bottom half of the 20. I I kind of felt like it could have gone a bit further than it did. Uh, and also I didn't find the, the love interest that cute. And I was like, ah, oh, he's not that cute. He's no Jake Ryan. But uh, Man, I will agree. <laughs> he's no Jake Ryan. But, um, well, back then, uh, Billy Jane was known as uh, Billy Jacoby, and I right. totally loved the Jacoby brothers, all of them, and uh, I was really happy to see him in this movie. He is the funniest thing in this movie, and we also cannot forget to mention um, William Zabka is in this, Yes, who yes. was the 80s evil guy. Like, he was the evil teen and like, bully in so many 80s movies. you got to give it up for him. I always had a crush on him because uh, he was, like, super cute, but also, like, really evil. Just my type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always liked the bad boys back then. Always, always, always in those movies. That was always the, you'd go on a date and you're a guy and you take the girl and She'd always point to the bad guy. He's so beautiful. He's so cute. And you're like, grr. <laughs> well, that's the other funny thing, though. I just recall, like, I believe one of the characters, you know, when Terry's in her male persona, I believe one of them says that she looks like, um, oh, what's his name from the karate? Like, she she looks like Ralph, Ralph Macchio. Macchio. Yeah. Yeah, that was the inside and so, joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fun. You look like Ralph Macchio. You look like Ralph Macchio. And actually, she does. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, the worst part of the film is the fact that she looks nothing like – she looks oh, – she doesn't look like a dude. You can, <laughs> you can totally no. tell it's a girl. I, but I still found the film fantastic when I was 15 years old. So that's why it's in our Golden Globus is none of these films are perfect films. That's the whole point. Um, this isn't a John Hughes film. This is the like uh, twisted sister of a John Hughes film for sure. Um, all right, let's play the um, scene of um, How to Be a Guy from uh, Billy Jacoby. This morning I knew her. I talked to her. She screamed at me. Everything was great. Now she's wearing my clothes. Hey, who do you think you are, Tootsie? No. Okay, Yanko. What do you want to be, a rabbi? Tell me what's wrong. Really? Okay. Well, uh... Look how you're standing. I mean, drop your hands. Okay, now uh, stick your hip in. All right, now move your feet apart. Okay. Guys, take up space. All right, now you gotta look tougher. Very crucial. Something every guy does. Let me see you scratch your balls. Hey, come on, try it. Wait a minute. Watch the master. Now first, there's your basic shift. 
that's not always enough. Sometimes you gotta get inside, dig a little, let some air in, move things around. Yeah, well, maybe my balls don't itch. All balls itch, it's a fact. Well, maybe this would help. Not bad. Shit. Maybe I should try that. Okay. Let's see a walk. Hold it. Look. You got balls now. Use them. Say, baby, what's happening? I'm a lean, mean sex machine. And that be the way Say, it is. Say, baby, what's happening? I'm a lean, mean sex machine. And that be the way it is. <laughs> I think you'll pass as long as you don't move. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that article to Sturgis Water and I'm going to submit it as a guy. He makes perfect sense. Got a problem? You're getting dragged. <laughs> you don't think I can do it, do you? No way. But I'd love to see you try. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get in there and dig a little, you know? Oh, God. All balls itch. <laughs> Aren't you glad you don't have any? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can do without. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All balls itch. Yes. It's a, it's, it's a known fact. Um, <laughs> the thing that always hits me in watching this film, but I, I'll watch it like a million times, is there were movies like this one, and there were other ones with even I'm not just picking on actresses, actors too, um, were men where they had their shot to do lead and they uh, do their role, and then you wonder why you never see them in anything again, and it's because they're not great, <laughs> but they got they got to carry an entire film, and it's kind of like just a, a a space in the pantheon of films that they got their blip on the radar. I mean, for every um, every Joyce Heiser, there's, you know, a Catherine Mary Stewart, you know, for every, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm sure you could come up with the male equi- equivalent pretty easily. Just, they got their one role, they blew it, and then they never seen from again. But they were in a movie that we remember just as being this, like, weird, quirky-ass movie. Um, I mean, John Cryer almost was that with hiding out in a few other movies. Um, and then remember he like went off the face of the earth and when he showed up on two and a half men, I was like, wow, he got rescued. Cause yeah. <laughs> I was like, cause thank God after he, yeah. Because after he flopped after the, after he did the John Hughes films and then was in nothing like, nope. He was, you know, he was just known as ducky. That was it. And he was smart enough when he came back and was on the sitcom, and people kept calling him Ducky. He's like, yeah, I'm Ducky. Yeah, yeah, I'm damn lucky <laughs> to, to be making all this money on a sitcom. Oh, man. Just, I hear Joyce, and she's so cute as a button, but God, the way she recites dialogue, it's horrible. Anyway. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of horrible, my last award goes to the most, the best cast in the most disappointing movie. Have you ever had any movies that you've experienced that were like 
they name the cast and you're just like, oh, God, I can't wait to see this movie. And you were just so thoroughly disappointed. Can you think of any? I'm sure I have off the top of my head. I'm not thinking of any right now. But uh, I'm really intrigued by this last one on your list because I haven't seen seen it. it. No, I've never seen it. It's So to build this up, um, there are movies I know you're super familiar with, the disaster films of the 70s. And it was like airport or earthquake, and they'd have the pictures at the bottom of the poster. Yes. And you, you, uh, you millennials, go, go Google those movies and look at the movie poster because you'd have like George Kennedy and Helen Hayes and um, Shelley Winters. Yeah, I, it, it was. We we're going to give you all these cast members, and that's what's going to make the film great. And then the film was either uh, some of the disaster films are great. And then you'd have something like um, a meteor, <laughs> where there was a giant <laughs> meteor coming towards the Earth, and it's Sean Connery, and it's a cast of other people that have been in, uh, enormously better uh, action films or disaster films. And this film was just like stock footage, and then running around on sets on a on a soundstage with like a bunch of really bad. This is before CGI you know, like really crappy effects and just shaking the camera. Um, this film, Modern Girls, is the 80s romantic comedy of that. Um, there were these movies, I called them all-nighter movies, and everybody yes. knows these from cable, and I know you know these, Trista. Yeah. Turn it on, and it's, oh, hey, you know, let's pull this prank on somebody, or hey, let's do this, blah, 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 and end up on an adventure all night in the clubs of Hollywood. And it was like, you could tell this movie was made on a budget of like $10. And they just called in a bunch of favors to nightclubs, and they just filmed it. And then they called in a bunch of, uh, they always would list the soundtrack. That was always a bad sign on a movie. If they <laughs> not only listed all the stuff, that the soundtrack is Devo, Fleetwood Mac, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and Mary Chain, Depeche Mode, which in this case it was Depeche Mode. They sold this movie, 1986's Modern Girls, on its cast, which was, at the time, White, white Hot, Virginia Madsen, White Hot, Daphne Zuniga, and um, Cynthia Gibb, who were just like the, the It Girls at the time. And Clayton Rohner is the link to uh, just one of the guys. He plays the nerdy, as Trista has uh, so quaintly put, not-so-good-looking guy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, one of them is I, I believe it's Cynthia yeah, Cynthia Gibb has a date with him oh no it, it's one of them has a date with him and they end up out at the clubs and they want to pull a prank like they want to leave and then he ends up leaving at the club and blah, blah. it's this whole all night adventure in the clubs of Hollywood with really shitty humor really thin dialogue barely a plot but Pulsating in one part of the soundtrack is uh, one of the clubs is Depeche Mode's But Not Tonight, to which they did a video of in heavy rotation on 120 minutes, which is how I got lured into the film. You, 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 back then, you, they said Depeche you. Mode, you say Depeche Mode, you say Virginia Madsen, and you say Daphne Zuniga, I'm in the theater, no matter what. I don't know <laughs> if they're reading the phone book along to it while they're playing the song. 
unfortunately, I took a date to this, and both of us walked out and just was like, what is this? It, it was horrible, 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 horrible film. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how movies were made then. 80s producers would just come up with these horrible, thin plot lines and then call in favors. And they'd either, the all-nighter films either took place in the clubs, or I know these are your favorites, where they take place in a big house. And there's a house party the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Every room, something wacky is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I wonder what's going to happen in the next room. And you're just like, they used to show these on USA's Up All Night all the time. And just, you just roll your eyes and go, I don't want to think too hard. I'll just watch this movie. Um, so, best cast. In a really horrible film. Here's the trailer for Modern. I know there is someone out there. Between night and day. Why don't you stop looking so hard? Between now and tomorrow, Margot, Cece, Kelly, and Cliff will find what they are looking for. Who are you people? I will if you will. And something they never imagined in each other. Ready? Modern Girls. Featuring the music of Depeche Mode, Anthony and the Camp, Floyd Joy, Ice House, and Tony Basil. Hey! Ah! Look at this whole night! You think some knight in shining armor will just come up and tap you on the shoulder and that's it, right? Did you just lounge out, Margo? That, that's very hip. Uh... Starring Cindy Gibb, Virginia Madsen, Clayton Rohner, and Daphne Zuniga. Cool people have feelings, too. Modern Girls. Besides it being a girls' night out, can you tell me anything in the plot from that trailer, Trista? <laughs> uh, no. What Nor the hell is going on? <laughs> Apparently they're going to all learn something. Yeah, they're going to learn don't get in a movie called Modern Girls. They should have watched, like, After Hours, because that is oh, kind of my favorite, like, one night where every kind of fucked up sort of crazy thing is happening uh, to get kind of a, you know, a clue on how to make a movie like this. I mean, I haven't seen it, but just listening to that trailer, I'm afraid. It's on my watch list. I'm totally going to watch it, but... I'm I'm not feeling real confident that they're pulling this off very well. Oh no, they don't even come close. You're, if you make it through the film, I'll I'll be really surprised. <laughs> You're gonna be rolling your eyes three quarters of the way through, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe all this talent is in this movie, and they're being forced to say this dialogue." Just holy crap! But very good costume designer. Like all the girls look smoking hot. Everybody looks everybody looks like. Uh, um, uh, Corey Haim from uh, Lost Boys. Yeah, they look really, sim- <laughs> really, really similar, like as 80s as you can get. Just neon and the clubs, the same thing. They, it's a beautiful, beautifully shot film. Just blah. Like <laughs> the, it, it's great that you mentioned After Hours. I love that movie too. I mean, Griffin Dunn and Roseanne Arquette in there are just so phenomenal. But I mean, the reason that film is so great. Is I mean it's fucking Scorsese, 
and nobody yeah. expected that film out of him. It, it was it, it, it was Scorsese was a fun film to throw all of his buddies in. Like Cheech and Chong show up in that damn movie. Like you're like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> why yeah, are they in this like, film? How did this and happen? You you can tell you can tell that's why uh, Scorsese throws Cheech and Chong in After Hours, which if nobody, uh, it's, it's a film that takes place all over New York, and basically it's a blind date gone really bad, and they just end up all over New York, and um, it's it's very Woody Allen esque in the fact that he puts a lot he's made a few movies like that where it's just they're on this nighttime adventure. If you've seen Midnight in Paris, basically Midnight in Paris is a complete ripoff of. After hours, but just in Paris. Um, Actually, now that we're having this discussion, I'm totally thinking of a movie that had a stellar cast that I absolutely thought was garbage, and it was also a Scorsese film, and we've already talked about it, and that would be <laughs> Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> Why did I know you were going there? <laughs> Oh, that was so well played. So well played. <laughs> you set me up and I, I'll knock it down. <laughs> I don't like the music. I don't like anything about this. But, yeah, that was a huge cast, man, in that movie. Uh, hey, man, he, Scorsese swings for the fences. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses. That's, that's big-time <laughs> filmmaking. I'm not, I'm, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, the other – but. A few of my, since we have a little bit of time, a few of my other favorite overnighter movies are. Um, I know you love Killing Zoe. Oh, that's a great movie. The weirdest scene in that movie is in the bathroom. <laughs> if nobody's seen Killing Zoe, it's basically Eric Stoltz set up on a heist with a bunch of guys. It's, it's in Paris, right? Yeah. It's in Paris, and he's with a bunch of people that he doesn't. He he doesn't know the language, and he's just over there. He's the safe cracker. He's part of the crew, and they take him on. He's thinking he's gonna get the sleep, and he ends up meeting Julie, smoking hot Julie Delphi, and has his has a nice little fling with her. But then gets taken out on an all night bender with these uh, these guys. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's a scene in the bathroom where I believe it's a guy banging another guy up the ass. <laughs> in one of the stalls and it's very blurry that that's what's happening in that scene right i haven't uh, i believe you are correct sir <laughs> yes and 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 but it's blurry and it's what everybody's had when they've been on like a horrible drug trip or uh, been on a big drinking bender and you only see pieces of the evening and the and it's um a t- such a Roger Avery film because he sees he's such a twisted fuck and um, the guy yells back at me, he goes, and he's banging the guy in the ass, and he goes, you just got to live life! You just got to live life! <laughs> like, okay! <laughs> and character's just like, what the fuck did I walk into? I just want to crack a safe and get my money and go home. <laughs> you got to live life! <laughs> oh, God, that always kills me every time I watch that movie. And then the other one, uh, I'd be remiss to not mention is John Landis's take on the genre, which is Into the Night. Which yeah, I know you've seen. Yeah, uh, that's the Jeff Goldblum movie, right? Yeah, yeah. All you ladies like the Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. 
night. Yeah, Into the Night is Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Yeah. And they're on an all-night adventure a la John Landis's world. And um, I, I, it's, it's weird. Like, every, every, they should really have every filmmaker have to make a all-nighter movie and see what their take on it is because it's going to have all their favorite actors, you know, the people they've worked with, like their greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. Quentin Tarantino did his four rooms. He was in that one, so that was kind of his version on it. But yeah, I think we are done with our awards. Yay! Well, yay! I think we did pretty well here. We didn't have oh, to like uh, play music to get anybody off the stage, you know, for because no, no. they're going on too long with their acceptance mm-hmm. speech. No Nobody protests. That's why I think the, I think the girl I I think the girl that's tying off in the corner in the alley here needs our help, but I mean that's about it. I mean, I think she's gonna fall asleep real soon. So it's like a Trump rally. We can pretend like lots of people are here, but there's no one here. This is yes. The, the Golden Globe is this is our this is hundreds of people are here in the alley with us. Hundreds of people are here in the alley and they loved every one of the movies. Um, thank you very much for a, our, our, our first awards uh, show, which is our anti-award show. And we will do this again next year. Um, uh, come award season to remind everybody just how much bullshit they are. And if we can come up with these awards, uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're just about as meaningful as the real ones when they're standing up there with the statue crying and having a oh, little popularity contest like they're all in high school. Yes. Hollywood well, it would be great to have, like, Christy McNichol standing up, accepting, saying, they like me. They really like me. You know, it would be, you know, it would be kind of fun. That would be the best. I mean – we had close to that with um, Ali Sheedy at the Spirit Awards, but uh, <laughs> well, I don't even know what the, what happened. Everybody, go Google Ali Sheedy Spirits Awards speech, and the Spirit Awards are the second most drunken award show in Hollywood for people that don't watch all of the award shows. Um, Golden Globes, everybody's tanked, they free flowing liquor, everybody's. You know, nobody takes them too seriously. But the Spirit Awards, they're out in a tent out in Monica on the beach, and there's always a big liquor sponsor. And Ali Sheedy, like, almost had, like, a drunken breakdown during – she's just going on and on and on. <laughs> oh, boy. Everybody's looking at her like, Ali, we love you, baby. Get off the stage. You were really good in <laughs> high art. Just, like, come on, man. And I, I love that. At that award show, they 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 show her, and they try and stay on her, but they had to get a few audience reactions. <laughs> oh, with the like on on the the meme of the uh, little blonde haired girl with the wandering eyes and the teeth. <laughs> it was like oh. uncomfortable, you know. You know which one I'm yeah. talking about. Oh. Meme I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my god. I'm definitely going to have to look that up because um, I was going to say, what the hell would she be accepting an award for? And then I, as you were talking, I was like, it had to be high art. I can't think high of anything art. else that she's done where she'd be on anyone's stage accepting anything. 
and because of that breakdown, she didn't get a role after that. <laughs> so, ah! Lessons <laughs> of wise, don't get hammered at your award show if you're up for an award. Don't do it. <laughs> you can get wow. really well, drunk at Elton John's party after. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, well before, we, before we before oh. we um, get off, uh, mm-hmm. I do think we should uh, give a short little acceptance uh, a speech of our own, where we thank all of the people who are listening in right now, and all the ones yeah. who will catch up with us later. Definitely, this is episode nine. Go back and listen to one through eight. I mean, uh, we got some good stuff. We have all kinds of different genres and. In honor of, uh, I, I thank everybody too. Uh, we've had some really good listenership, and the numbers keep going up and up. And I, I thank you guys for jumping on our experiment here and enjoying it. Um, we are going to do next episode an all canon films episode, which I know Trista is going to thoroughly enjoy, aren't you? Oh, God. It's, I'm so excited already. <laughs> has to be a canon film, or at least produced by Golan or Gorham or Globus during their career. The, the, the list is long and wonderful, and unfortunately, it's actually going to be a crutch for us. It's going to be easy here at Six Degrees of Retro how we look at things, because they used a lot of the same people over and over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> which we will get into on the show. They had their little cast they had their just like all their all the other studios they had their uh, company of players um if you want to do your homework go see the movie uh electric boogaloo which is still on netflix which is a complete work of art you've seen that one right highly recommended yes i haven't seen the go-go boys which hasn't been as widely distributed but we'll discuss that on our next episode probably coming out in a few weeks, um, but uh, you look lovely tonight. Thank you very much. Isn't that what I'm supposed to thank you? You look lovely tonight, Trista. <laughs> Here on the oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to step it up next year. My tux is at the cleaners. That's why I'm wearing the Buckaroo Banzai T-shirt and the black jeans. Sorry, people. I didn't I, I didn't want to I didn't want to get this uh winos vomit on my sleeve of the, you know, tux. Anyway. Yeah, well, you got to dress for the the event, right? You got to be appropriate yes. to the event. So, I think you're just fine. Yes. All righty, everybody, uh go to uh 6 degrees of retro on Instagram and you can always see us posting uh new pictures and know when our next episode is. Uh we're going to have a Facebook page really 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 soon. Uh, catch video vixen on her pages and i am at um i am at facebook.com slash greg comedy so uh everybody uh have a uh great rest of your war season and don't try and fall asleep during the oscars too hard any last words trista and the words of the uh immortal uh chris rock at the end of uh i, I believe it was the mtv movie awards or music awards one year he told everybody go to church I'm going to say that. Go to church. Because Go to church, everybody. You've been yes. sullied by this episode. Go to church. Hope, we hope we sullied you well. All righty. <laughs> <laughs>
Good night, everybody. Bye.